Good. So most of you know my name. I'm Dan. I'm the associate pastor here. It's great to get the opportunity, the, the privilege to actually speak to you. <laughs> I really, I really hope it's meaningful. I hope it's energized. I hope we get some some feedback from from yourselves, just as I say different things. Don't feel that you've got to necessarily shout out and say, get off, don't, don't do that. Uh, but <laughs> that's what you can do, you can, you can laugh at certain points. <laughs> so I, <laughs> stop it, so I woke up early, I woke up early on Thursday morning last week, before the alarm even, it was that early, and I was, I was lying there thinking about the day that I'd got ahead, we all do that, don't we, when we wake up, and I knew I, knew I needed that day to finish writing a sermon. This one, this one, and a lot of it was, was there. And when I say there, not necessarily on the page, but there, there in my head, ideas that needed to be connected together and, and become what I'm going to say. What I didn't have, though, what I didn't have, and that was causing me some concern, was a start, a start to what I was going to say, something to connect us all into this with only the brave and what is now our, our final session in that series. I didn't have a start in my bedroom as I was looking around is a, is a bookcase, a bookcase. And I was thinking as I was looking at, across at this bookcase, just remembering the, the titles that were, were on there with the books and the, and the, and the DVDs that are lined up. And then it hit me, it hit me the start Adventurers, activists, politicians, sportsmen and one or two nutcases, they were all there on the bookcase with with titles, titles like Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela's autobiography that tells an incredible story of of his life from growing up under apartheid to becoming a a freedom fighter and being imprisoned on on Robben Island and then being released years later to become the president of, of South Africa. Incredible. And there were other autobiographies View from the, the summit with Sir Edmund Hillary that tells a story of the, the first successful attempt to, to climb Mount Everest. Anyone got any of these titles? Let me know when you have. <laughs> then there is Long Way Round, which follows Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor as they motorbike over 20,000 miles from, from London to, to New York. And following that, there is Long Way Down, original. Another 15,000 miles on motorbikes from John O'Groats to, to Cape Town. There is, there is Touching the Void. Seen that? Read that? Touching the Void. The book and the DVD. I've got both. I was gripped by the story so much about Joe Simpson, who nearly died after he fell from the mountain and got cut off. Literally, his climbing partner had to make that decision and he got cut off and then crawled back into camp days later, half dead. And that is next to Aaron Ralston with his book, Between a Rock and a Hard Place, where he got his hand stuck out climbing, got it stuck and had to 
cut his arm off with a penknife. I haven't read that one yet. I'm not, <laughs> not brave enough. Thank you, Andy. I think you got me that book. <laughs> I've looked at the pictures in the centre and that was enough, to be honest. <laughs> there is... <laughs> There is Man on Wire, which is a film about Philippe Petit, a Frenchman who rigged a cable between the top of the the twin towers and walked between. In fact, he spent nearly an hour out there dancing on the wire. And for me, he comes into that nutcase category. (laughs) But, But that is only because I can't even believe that a normal mind could could cope with that. There is Captain Scott, which is written by Ranulph Fiennes, one of the few people who can write knowledgeably about Scott of the Antarctic because he's been there and he's he's done it. And then next to it, his own autobiography, Mad, Bad and Dangerous to Know. I mean, what a great title for a book. Finally, finally, there is Not About the Bike, where Lance Armstrong tells his incredible story about defeating cancer and then working his way back and winning the Tour de France, although recent headlines would suggest that it wasn't just about the bike. All people, people, adventurers, activists, politicians, sportsmen and one or two nutcases who were prepared, prepared to give it or to go the distance for what they believed, achieving the unachievable or being willing to die trying. Then my bedside alarm went off and I thought, wow, that is inspirational. I can have five more minutes in bed. We are remarkable, aren't we? We are remarkable as humans. We can achieve the most incredible feats or we can hit the snooze button. And as I thought about that, The difference, the difference is here. It's me, it's us. It's having the the strength of mind and the the passion in our hearts. I haven't. I haven't led the fight against apartheid or climbed Mount Everest. But I have at times. I'm sure we all have. We've, We've pushed ourselves to our limits. And at other times, just being honest, I've hit the snooze button. Only the brave... Only the brave go the distance. Only the brave are obedient to that calling that is on all of our lives. And they are obedient. They are obedient for a a long time. Not just a day, not just a week, not just a, a month or a year, but a lifetime. They have a long obedience in the same direction. And that is what brings meaning and significance to all of our lives. And that is what we're talking about. As we head into our our final session and the the finish to the book of of 1 Peter. We've got four phrases in front of us already. I don't know if you can remember them, but I'm going to run through them for you. The four phrases, you have what it takes to be brave. Only the brave refuse to live life alone. Brave people make embarrassingly brave choices. That was last Sunday morning. And then on the night, only the brave, only the brave face their fears. 
If you've missed any of those, then the talks, they are available to to download. And and just in case you've missed all four of them, then here is some background. 1 Peter was written as a a letter around AD 64. At the time when the the followers of, of Jesus were under increasing pressure, they were getting the blame for a fire that had raged through Rome. And they faced persecution and for many, death. 1 Peter was written to, to call out bravery. Now we're up to 1 Peter chapter 4 and, and partway through, and we're going to start from verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, where it says, it says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And there are four, four headlines that I want to speak into here. The first is, only the brave get involved. They get involved. The second is, only the brave get real. The third is to to know what or who you're up against. And then we're going to finish with knowing who is in your corner. Knowing who is in your corner. Getting involved then, getting involved. And you learn something really quickly when you have a baby. And that is about baby monitors, baby monitors. These devices where you place one close to the baby so that you can hear their every move. Their sounds are transmitted. And if they get restless, then the other one, the other end, the other part of this system is is next to you, the baby monitor that you have next to you, where you can hear everything that's going on. Picture the scene. I haven't done it. I really haven't done it. You have people round, and it's evening, and they're in the in the in the lounge. It's all going well, but to be honest, it's just a little dull. And anyway, you felt as if you have had to have these people round to your house, as opposed to really looking forward to it. Anyone done that? And your baby, your baby, your baby who was asleep, your baby who was asleep upstairs, it now wakes up, it gets restless, it's making a noise and you were both husband and wife looking for a a breather from this because the the conversation, it took a real dive and you you head upstairs into the nursery to to settle the baby and you start talking. Hushed voices but you, you forget about the baby monitor. And the friends who are sitting in the lounge hearing every word. And you talk about how the evening is is going, that it's it's dull. And maybe it's time your friends went home and how you could just say that politely with a smile on your face. And then you, you go back downstairs and that smile's on your face and the thought hits you. The baby monitor, they heard every word You learn something really quickly when you have a baby. When you head upstairs to start talking, you turn the baby monitor off. Turn it off. 1 Peter, 1 Peter 4, continues in verse 10 to say, Each one, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. 
anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. This is about getting involved. You see, church, church isn't a, a spectator sport. It only comes alive, our faith, our, our following of Jesus, our gathering together. It only comes alive when we get active and start serving, offering hospitality, using our, our gifts and our skills and our experiences and our, our passions. And you know, it's good for us. It's good for us, this serving, this volunteering. I did a search on the, on the internet about the benefits, and this, this doesn't come from a, a Christian website. It is what everybody experiences when they get involved. It said that volunteering helps you make new friends. Helps you make new friends. You're with people who you wouldn't ordinarily be with, and you realize that they're really interesting, and you make friends. Says that it increases your social and relational skills because you're friends, because you're talking, because you're doing things together. You learn a lot about yourself, you learn a lot about them. There's an increase. There's also an increase in our self confidence because we see some success. We do something that's meaningful and it brings confirmation to, to who we are and what we can do. Volunteering helps combat depression. Because it means we're not isolated on our own. It's not good for us to be out on our own. But to have people who we're doing life together with. Helps you stay physically healthy. Because you're, you're energised. You're, you're moving around. You're doing things. And it can provide us with career experience. When you're volunteering, you, you can make mistakes without worrying you're going to get fired. <laughs> it teaches you. Valuable, valuable job skills. You can put it down on your, on your CV. In so many ways, volunteering and serving makes us richer. Makes us richer, not necessarily with money. No, we'll probably become poorer, but we will enjoy it. We'll enjoy that because of the fun that we're having as we bless people. And the shared memories that we're, we're gaining together, even the internet, agrees with Jesus on this one. To be serving, to be serving is the best way to live. But Peter, Peter, he goes further than this because it isn't just about what we do. See, for Christians, for Christians, the, the bar goes higher. Like with those, and I'm, I'm going back a, a number of years now to when they were popular, those WWJD wristbands, the ones that we've, uh, we've ripped off with our only the brave wristbands. It stood for, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? But it never was, it never was just about what Jesus would do. It was about doing it as Jesus would do it. With the right attitude, with a heart like God's, if that's possible. And this is difficult. It can be difficult in our lives. Because we're serving, I could do it for the, for the wrong motive. Because it, it looks good in front of people or it fulfills my agenda that I've already got or I want that formula to, to work out with me being the least and God pushing me up to top spot. It may 
sound strange here. It may sound strange, but I think about that baby monitor transmitting the sound. We can be doing what Jesus would do, offering hospitality, serving, smiling as if everything is going well, but on the inside, it isn't right. And if it isn't right on the inside, then sooner or later, it isn't going to be right on the outside. And it isn't just God who is listening to the, to the grumbling in our hearts, but those around us, they can tell the difference. They can hear it. They can see it. God sets the bar really high on this for Christians. Speak. Speak as if speaking the very words of God. Serve as if serving with the strength of God. And if you're new to this and want to experience more of God, then then get involved. Get involved. Not only do all those benefits come your way and that sense of, of, of belonging, we also see God most in ourselves and in others when we serve. And for us, for us who aren't new to this, but we need a, a challenge here. And maybe I'm speaking to myself. Let's not forget with being Christian. Serving always goes before leading. In fact, it is the way that we lead. We lead by lifting others up. And if our attitude isn't what it should be, and we can hear our own hearts grumbling, then just maybe, just maybe we need to get back to the, to the basics. For me, if I need some perspective, it's often washing up that does this, washing up. It isn't necessarily that I'm in a, in a bad mood in case you're thinking that in the office, Dan's washing up again, he must be having a bad day, steer clear. is isn't necessarily that. It's just that I need to turn. I need to turn from my tasks and, and do something for someone else. That is always, it's always good for, for our hearts because what we know of Jesus should compel us to, to serve. And we are most like him. We're most like Jesus when we're serving one another. Now secondly, secondly, only the brave, only the brave get real. They realise that, that life Life happens, and they do, they do all that they can to, to live it well. The highs, the, the lows, the, the laughter, the, the, the tears. And in 1 Peter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the, the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. I talked a lot, a lot about suffering last Sunday night, and rather than repeating that because it's, it's there if you want it to, to download. What I sense, what I sense that I wanted to, to speak into here is when it gets too much, when it gets too much and we, we feel like giving up. And I wanted to ask the question, the question, what do I do when I feel like giving up? And there are, there are levels to this. There are levels. I, I mean, there is having a bad day and, and thinking, I, I should have hit the snooze button another time and, and stayed in bed. There's having a, a bad week or, or month or, or year. There are levels to this. And I can only talk personally about, about what I have learned to do myself. 
And what I start off with, what I start off with is reminding myself that we're, we're only human. We're not bulletproof. When something gets difficult or challenging or, or demanding, then it's natural to, to think, have we got what it takes? Is there a, an easier option? And we need to be real with those thoughts. Then I ask myself, are the basics in place? Am I eating right? Am I, am I sleeping right? Am I keeping healthy hours in, in the day? See, our ability to cope, it, it deteriorates with tiredness. Our minds start to, to slip. We become vulnerable to irrational thoughts and irrational behavior. We're saying and doing things that ordinarily we wouldn't say and, and do. And this can make a, a challenging situation even more challenging. Next. Next, and this is the essential one. I ask myself if my relationship with God is healthy. You may not get this if you're not a, a Christian, but the Bible the Bible, it is the, the foundation, it is the, the rock on which we base our lives. And if you're not a Christian, even if you're not, I'm going to read something now for all of us to, to listen to. And you may say and sense something through it. So let's, let's close our eyes, just to change the, the mood. Let's close our eyes. And I'm going to read this to you. And just allow God to be present and to sense him. For Christians, it will be very familiar. If you've not heard anything from the Bible, it will be new. But still, please, be open. The Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. You can open your eyes now. These, these are not just words on a page. They are so much more than that. Maybe a, a picture came into your head, a picture of a, a shepherd or a, or a green field or, or a clear stream. Maybe you suddenly felt comforted by that. That is the, the power, the power of God's word and his presence coming through it into our lives. And we're all receptive, we're all open to that. Out of reading the Bible, comes that perspective, that perspective to see what God sees. That today is, is only a, a day, that this week is, is only a, a week, that God is both in the now moment. He meets us in the now moment, but he also knows us for a lifetime. Finally, and this, this list isn't meant to be Exhaustive. I think of safe people, safe people, people who are close to me, two or three, two or three trusted Christian friends, and I put myself with them. I try and be as open and, and vulnerable as possible, and then I listen, and I let them speak strength. Let them speak strength into my life and pray with me. These are the, the people that you have in your 
corner. But that comes later. More than anything though, more than anything, what I want to say here, along with the advice, is what Peter said as he wrote his letter into what was the most desperate of of circumstances. What he wanted to say was this, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God is bigger. God is stronger. Be brave. Be brave. Commit yourself to him. Commit yourself to God and continue. Continue to do good. Where Peter goes next is to write about what or who we're up against, which is our our third headline. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5, it says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in in due time. And this here, with pride, the what, the what of who we're up against. Did I just cut out then for a moment and back in? (laughs) We'll listen out for that. The what of who we're up against. And pride, and pride. I think we all know how it can be in us, and how at times it can can rise up and, and get hold of our thinking. And then it can start directing, directing what we say and, and do. Peter warns us, and for us, if we're a, a Christian, it doesn't come any stronger than this. God opposes the proud. God actually goes against them. Now, I don't know whether you've experienced this in your life. If you're anything like me, then maybe you have And the phrase there that Peter uses, humble yourselves, humble yourselves. This is something that we should be doing. This is something that actively every day as we we sense pride rising up and, and getting hold, we can get in front of God and we can say, please God, deal with that pride in me. And you may say, how how do I how do I sense it? How do I do that? Well, again, and this is for Christians, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we can ask the Spirit to to put a a check on it, a check on pride, to make us sensitive to it the moment that it rises up. Because if we don't, and I, I have experienced this, if I let it get hold, if pride starts directing me, God will very quickly cause me to say or or to do something where I immediately realize I've crossed a line. I've crossed a line. I need to say sorry. And I feel, to be honest, in that moment that I've really let myself and God down. And humility. Humility is such a a beautiful and yet such a strong quality in somebody strong, it's brave. The person who has humility has no need to to push themselves forward. No need to to hold on to the the conversation. No need to to talk anyone down. No need even to defend themselves because their lives and their, their character does all of the talking for them. Really, I would say, ask God for humility and that he would expose any pride that's in us. Because it is a prayer 
that God is most ready to answer. Peter continues in in verse 8, and he says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. And what we get here is probably the best, the best and most instructive picture of the devil that we will ever get. I've got a cat. I've got a cat at home. I didn't want a cat. It's a long story. One that involves pressure and coercion, emotional blackmail, underhand tactics that I didn't know anything about. Really, just the normal way that a pet ends up in a family. (laughs) Her name, her name is Daisy, which is cute, especially when she's torturing mice for hours and ripping them apart. Really, and I'm overdoing it here. Really, it should be called killer because because there are natural, there's natural and there's basic instincts there that even though she's fluffy all of the times and, and cuddly sometimes, you have to be alert to the split personality that she's got going on where she can suddenly turn and sink her claws in. The devil, our enemy as Christians, has instincts. He has instincts. And that gives us a, an advantage because we can know him, we can predict him. In the Bible, he's called a a liar and a a thief with the desire to to steal and to kill and to destroy. Where our enemy shows up, where his influence is, there will be signs such as lies, such as hiding and and, and covering in darkness, such as the the stealing of, of life and the enjoyment that goes. So let's not be fooled. I don't know may not be your cup of tea, but with the sport of boxing, there are 12 rounds, 12 rounds, and the, the opponent, no matter, no matter how far ahead you are on points, no matter how strong you feel, the opponent remains dangerous, right up to the final bell of the final round. And being brave and going the distance means just that, 12 rounds of staying alert. And finally... Finally, only the brave, only the brave know who they have in their corner. And I love the end. I love the end of these these books in the New Testament because we're reminded at the end that they were meant. They were meant as letters. They may be ancient, but they're written to real people in, in real places, going through real circumstances with real emotions. And the last words written, as the ink dried, were these. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a a faithful brother, I've written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings. And so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love just to help with the, the place name there that is coded where it said about Babylon. It's thought, it's thought that that's referring to the church in, in Rome, but they didn't want to further expose themselves to persecution. So it reads, the church in Rome, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings. But more important for us here are the, the two people with Silas 
who was with Peter, writing down his words. And Silas would would carry the letter to its destination. He was the the same Silas who had traveled with with Paul. And he must have been a a great man for, for Peter to have in his corner. And he calls him brother, which shows the affection that he had for him. Then there was Mark, who he calls his son, even more affectionate. And this was the same John Mark that once failed Paul, all of which with Silas and Mark you can read about in the, in the book of Acts. But now Mark was in Peter's corner. And tradition says that as Peter, as he talked about his three years on the road with Jesus, what he had experienced day to day and hour to hour living with the, the Son of God, what he experienced at, at Jesus' his, his trial, where Peter had denied knowing Jesus three times. And then what Peter had seen with his death and, and, and then meeting him, the, the risen Jesus on the shore of Galilee. Peter, as he talked about that, Mark was there in his corner listening helping to record, helping to write what we now have as the the gospel of Mark. And for us here, now, I don't suggest that we kiss each other. I'm way too British for that. But just recognize, recognize the relationships that we have with God as, as our father. We are brothers and sisters and sons and daughters In boxing terms, it's a really big corner, this one, because we're all in it, along with Jesus, our coach, and our king. And just maybe, just maybe if it helps you to see it like this, when we gather on a Sunday, when we're together, when we're gathering in small groups through the week, it's like returning to the corner where we've got Christians with us. And it may be that we had a great round out there and we come back and we're all excited and we're high-fiving and encouraging everybody. Or it may be we didn't do quite so well and we took something of a beating. And then those Christians around us will help us recover. They'll they'll stop up the the cuts. They'll splash water in our faces and give us a, a drink. And the most important, the most important person there is Jesus, our coach, who is not only in our corner, but daily, daily Jesus heads out with us to encourage us, to strengthen us, to keep us humble and and brave and to fight for us because, because Jesus has already defeated any powers that could come against us. For Peter, for Peter as as the persecutions under Nero increased, He himself would be martyred. He would give his life about two years after finishing writing this letter. And before I I read a a final verse from 1 Peter, I want to tell you about a moment. A moment last Sunday. It was a, a simple moment, but as a parent, it moves you. And then for someone that preaches, you think, yes, an illustration. Last Sunday night. Last Sunday night I was talking to to, to Jay about a conference that I was heading off to early on Monday morning. I told him that I'd be stopping overnight in in London, which was the the capital, and which was a a long way away. 
So I wouldn't see him until Wednesday morning. It was an emotional conversation. I could see that Jay was thinking about London, about the distance involved. And he said to me, he said, is it beyond Clent? <laughs> and it, it made me smile. But it's a, a sensible question from his point of view. Because where we live, what he can see on his horizon when he looks out of the window across the bypass is Clent. And everything else, everything else to him, the unknown, the things that are far away are beyond Clent. In our lives, there is much that is beyond Clint. We don't fully know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone next week or next month, next year. There's a lot that is unknown in life. It is beyond Clint. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we can be certain about some things that are beyond Clint. Because our Father, God has told us about it in the Bible, in his word. We can know that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We can know that. We can know that the, the powers of, of, of death and darkness have been defeated. We can know that. We can know that heaven waits for us. Heaven waits for us. Heaven is beyond Clint, but it's there. We know it. We can be certain. And we can know that God will cause us to be brave and to stand because the God the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast in response to this in response to, to this series only the brave I'd like to talk about one more image because every so often a a photo is taken that captures more than a a moment it becomes a a message and one such image is this the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima it was taken on February the, the 23rd 1945 by Joe Rosenthal And it shows six United States soldiers raising the American flag on top of Mount Suribachi during the the flag of Iwo Jima in World War II. It came to be regarded in the the US as one of the most significant and recognisable images of the war. And for us, for us, in our following of, of Jesus, as Christians, we will face what feel like battles, battles in our lives, We're going to face battles. And we're going to fight to raise the flag of of victory in those battles. Because Christ, Christ has won it for us. He's won the victory over over sin, which is the the wrong things that we've done in our lives. He's won that victory. He's won the victory over death and the the devil. He's won that victory. Jesus has, has won the victory for us. And we fight in our lives to raise that flag. But, and this... This is what sets us apart. And this is what turns it all on its head. The bravest, the bravest followers of Jesus, those that go the distance with him, are the ones that raise a different colour flag. And it's a white flag. It's a white flag. Not to the world, we're not 
surrendering there, but to God. Raising a white flag of surrender to God and saying, God, our lives, all that we are, all that we're going to be, we surrender it to you. Come and fill us. Come and use us. Come and guide our lives. We surrender it to you. And I'd like us to respond to this where we are. If you want to stand, if you want to stand up, the band's going to come back and start to play something in the background. I'd like us to close our, close our eyes. We are going to sing a couple of songs, but before we do that, I'd like to give God time so that we can sense him. And what I'd like us to do in our, in our own minds, I'd like us to think of a, a prayer. Think of the bravest prayer that you can pray at this moment. If you're a Christian, then it will no doubt involve you committing more to, to Jesus some aspect of your life if you're not a Christian it may be you feel brave enough to pray God if you're there please show yourself to me as I continue on in my life think of the bravest prayer that you can pray in this moment just give you some seconds to do that now you've got that prayer in your head you can continue on with it in your head or you can pray out loud it doesn't matter God still hears it I want you to pray that prayer pray that brave prayer right now And I want you to know, as you've prayed that brave prayer, I want you to know that God's heard that. And something will happen as a result. It will. Confident about that. Faith to believe that. And what I'd like you to do now is, whether you've got space in front of you, you possibly haven't, but there's something physical, there's something where we can actually step into that prayer. We can say, I'm going to live that prayer. As much as God is going to be out there with you, fighting for you, we need to step into it and live that prayer. So whether you can step forward or whether you just have to just think that thought, just say to yourself, I'm stepping into this now and I'm going to, I'm going to, pray this prayer not only today not just now but each day this week and not only that I'm going to raise that flag I'm going to raise that flag that white flag of surrender in my life where it becomes not 
my will, not my will, Lord, but your will. Your will be done in, in my life. I surrender. I surrender all to you. Lord Jesus, I, I pray. I, I know that you've heard these, these brave prayers that, that each of us have, uh, have prayed. And Lord, I've got faith and I'm, I'm sure we've got faith to believe that those prayers will happen and we've stepped into them, God. Lord, we've stepped into these prayers. We're going to live them out. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd give us confidence now. Confidence to know what is beyond Clint. There's a lot that's unknown about life. Lord, but we don't face it alone. We face it with you, God. You go out with us. You fight the battles for us. And Lord, I pray you'd, you'd bring that into our lives, that certainty that you are there with us. And we'd be brave. We'd be brave. Pray that in your name, Lord Jesus. Fill us now with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we sing these songs now, may this also be a, an act of, of commitment to you. These are not just words, Lord Jesus. They are a giving of ourselves to all that you are. Lord Jesus, come now by your Spirit and lead us as we sing. Amen.